0: All right, Carlos, truth or dare? Um, How about dare? All right. I dare you to eat the comic books in front of you. Eat the comic book. Yeah, just take a big bite. I'm
1: not going to do that.
0: (laughs) Ha ha! You failed the dare. Wait, Okay, out of curiosity, what was what was truth? Uh, Have you ever eaten a comic book?
1: Right. And and have you? Yeah, of course I have. Why do you think I didn't eat this one? They taste terrible. Mm, that is true.
0: Comic book keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris, and today we're talking about Daredevil. And with me to talk about Daredevil, welcome back to the show, Carlos Guzman.
1: Welcome, Carlos. Hello, I'm Carlos.
0: Yes, Lance uh, regrets not being here today. He has been very busy, and so he is uh, stepping this uh, episode out. But we'll hear from him a little bit later because he did join in and uh, pre record and into the archives. So Carlos you might remember was on a previous episode um he recorded you recorded I should say um the Optimus Prime episode with us.
1: That's right. Yeah, and I've I've heard the that was the most popular episode you ever. You
0: know, ever it, it was a it was a high point and we just peaked and <laughs> and <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're back. We're taking it back yeah. up to the peak. This one's yeah. going to be even better. It's, we're going
0: to re-peak it. Uh peak 2.0 uh Carlos is a former editor with IDW and uh I hear a big a big Daredevil fan.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, very big fan of Daredevil. Excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to glad to have you back on. Uh I I shamefully have had not read a lot of Daredevil comics before Ooh. this episode. Um I you know, I've I saw the movie and I mm-hmm. watched all of the Netflix shows but it's one of those comics that i was just like yeah i should probably read that at some point point. and so and i'll be honest i didn't get to read everything i want to read i i feel like we might even have to do like a part two because there's so much good stuff on daredevil i can see why people are just like this is an amazing character it's he's he's uh he's really interesting and i can see why marvel's just like this character is is so important Daredevil is a hero from Marvel comics created by Stan Lee and artist Bill Everett with an unspecified amount of input from Jack Kirby. This is from Marvel.com blinded as a child in an accident that leaves his other senses enhanced to extraordinary levels. Matt Murdock fights relentlessly for the law and justice, both as a crusading attorney and as the hard hitting costume crime fighter called Daredevil. Since his premiere in 1964, daredevil and his alter ego matt murdoch has been a popular street level hero throughout the decades but it wasn't until a seminal run by writer artist frank miller in the 1980s that cemented daredevil in the marvel comics pantheon with multiple incarnations in tv animations films and video games daredevil is a uniquely relatable hero even though he's one of a kind Daredevil's had a huge publication history. First of all, we mentioned, you know, Daredevil, Daredevil number one was in April 1964. Um, this would last basically the, the longest. It would, it would this was volume one, which would continue through the late 90s for about 381 issues. But it's interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, he didn't really hit like like they said, you know, and, and what Marvel mentioned is like they even acknowledge like that Frank Miller thing is what really put him on the map. I mean, like he was there and he was a character. But like the '80s is what really like sprung him forward.
1: Yeah, and what's very interesting about the uh, Frank Miller and Klaus Janson run is that um, they they started as a um, as an art team on on the character, mm. and um, the the editor sort of um, really liked the story ideas and sort of directions that Frank wanted to take it in. So he kind of got brought in as a writer once he was already um, drawing and working on the character like that. So it kind of what, well, once he actually takes reins of the storytelling, it feels like he hits the ground running the, um, the the work that he does in there is is seminal, and obviously when he's doing the art with Klaus Janson, it's pretty amazing. But for example, um, another uh, storyline that's really important that he does is Born Again, and yeah. he doesn't do the art on that; he's just writing, and David Mazzucchelli um, does the art. Also, a fantastic artist. If you've read yeah. Batman Year One, you know um, that's David Mazzucchelli. Um, so even collaborating with um, other artists, you know Frank Miller just has such a such an understanding of what he wanted to do with the character and sort of how he reinvented it as like a grittier uh, more grounded take on the superhero pathos and the superhero um as as like a a, a street level character that um uh would just re- really worked um obviously when he had full control of it but even with other collaborators he knew how to pick excellent artists excellent teams and really put together great stories
0: yeah he he did i mean speaking of so he did a mini series in 1993 called Daredevil: The Man Without Fear, um, which was he wrote, and it was had art by John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come back to the, talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, but other than that, Daredevil had a rough run in the 90s, and it didn't really reboot. Um, it was rebooted with the Marvel Knights imprint in 1998 with number one, and it was written by filmmaker Kevin Smith and had art by then kind of young upstart artist Joe Quesada And that I think even kind of, I remember when that came out in the late nineties and, and it was like, Oh, Kevin Smith's writing. And it was like, okay, but then it actually was really good. <laughs> and it was just kind of a fun, different take. And it was very gritty and and, uh, you know, snappy dialogue and funny and, and scary and everything. And, and so that, that was cool mm-hmm. later, uh, on that same run writers, Brian, Michael Bendis and Ed Brubaker would have celebrated runs in the series. So that whole kind of second wave of daredevil in the late nineties and early two thousands really took off, uh, as well. And that would, that would end with issue one nineteen. Then in 2011, through 2013 he appeared as a regular character in brendis's new avengers um, so he joined with the avengers and did avenger stuff for a while volume three started in 2011 with number one and that was written by mark wade that's right that would end with issue 36 in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, a fourth volume of daredevil went from 2014 to 2015 with Mark Wade again, an artist, Chris Samney,
1: which focused on Matt's life in San Francisco. It It, it is a, a very different take on Daredevil. It's not necessarily like a direct response to Miller in that he's trying to like refute that kind of storytelling. But it's more that so many people get stuck in that gear of Daredevil that this, this many years later from the 80s, it just felt like it was time to maybe take in more aspects of the character and reflect those as well. And sort of, <laughs> I think part of his impetus was also like, he just wanted to see uh, Matt Murdock actually be happy, you know, for once. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of how he would jokingly talk about it. Um, and is a great person to um, sort of deal with that, because as you said, like the the art style and the coloring, like makes it makes it pop. It's very bright and colorful, but also Samny's layout work, in how he like constructs comic book pages and how he paces out the storytelling of the stories is really just on another level it's it's so fantastic it's it's comparable to like the best that has already happened on daredevil while being its own unique thing it it, it
0: seems like mid 2000s or like the 2010s daredevil became a character where like, and you can tell because there's like so many different little short stints, but an, mm-hmm. a writer, artist or writers and, you know, different artists would come in and be like, let's see what we can do. And and that's kind of what they've done. The same thing with Batman. They've done the same thing with you know, Thor and and X-Men and, and um, stuff like that. And it's like, you have some writers and artists are just like, we're going to do this character forever <laughs> spawn, right? Whatever. And, and then, but then you have other ones where it's like, Let's just let's it's my turn, you know, to take this the, with mm-hmm. the best has already been done. Now I'm going to take it, a, uh, a, take the driver's seat for a while and and take him in a different direction or do something that hasn't been done yet. And I think Daredevil is
1: one of those characters. Daredevil, Daredevil is a character that because of the nature of his runs and the Frank Miller Klaus Jansen run in the 80s, like he um. He, he's he's similar to Batman, but in one way that he's different on just like a meta level is that he's not a franchise in and of itself. You know, DC yeah. will put out five different Batman books. Yeah. They would put out more if they knew people were going to buy them, you know, whereas Marvel's only ever going to put out one Daredevil it might show yeah. up other places that's but true. really you can focus in on daredevil and because the frank miller klaus jansen stuff made such a strong impression and became synonymous with daredevil it's kind of identified as a character that for certain stories and for certain creators it's a chance for you to take something make it your own mm-hmm. and run on it for like a good long while and see yeah. what you can do with it yeah i like. I mean that's
0: that's great i mean it can it's, it's, it's like no pressure it's like, well, you know, I mean, if yeah. if it's not good, at least they have the Frank Miller stuff from the 80s. Yes. You know, it's kind of like that sort of thing. So after the uh, Wade and Sammy run in Volume Five started in December 2015 as part of the all new, all different Marvel, written by Charles Soule, and art by Ron Garney, Matt Murdock. Then moves back to New York, now working as an assistant DA with a new costume as Daredevil and an apprentice, Samuel Chang, a.k.a. Blindspot. So then following issue 28 of that run and following events of the Marvel Marvel Legacy event, the issues renumbered as if it had never relaunched from the first volume. So (laughs) it switched to issue 595 and picks up where Wilson Fisk becomes the mayor of New York City. Soul's final storyline was The Death of Daredevil in 2018. And that's where the story ends. No, just kidding, Uh, because it's Marvel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He didn't die. but uh, Well, he did, but he didn't. So Volume 6 would run 36 issues with writer Chip Zdarsky and primary artist Marco Cecchetto. Then Volume 7 would run from July 2022 to August 2023, written by Zdarsky again and Cecchetto teaming up yet again. And then there was a Daredevil and Echo four-issue miniseries in 2023. And then Volume 8, which is the most recent run, uh, started in 2023 with writer Sladeen Ahmed and artist Aaron Cooter, And that is a continuation of what's happening right now. So, Carlos, why don't you go into the origin of Daredevil? Um, I feel like he's got He's got an interesting origin and it's, it's funny cause it starts off very like fantastical in a classic Marvel style, like radioactive <laughs> ooze. but, mm-hmm. but then it, we just do that one time and then, and then it just gets very like hard edge and everything like that. And I feel like um, Frank Miller, almost like, retcons that like he's almost like yeah don't worry about the ooze thing he just gets trained really hard <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i don't know what let's 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 get into the origins of of daredevil matt murdoch
1: sure yeah um i guess one of the most important things to know about matt murdoch is he lives in new york city and specifically lives in the hell's kitchen neighborhood he's the son of boxer of battling jack murdoch um And uh, uh, Matt's mother is not in the picture. She's left at a young age and his father tells him that she has passed. She's died. Um As Jack ages, you know, he uh, starts getting involved with kind of like criminal elements because the boxing thing has always been more more losses than wins, usually for uh, battling Jack. So he gets involved with um local criminal Roscoe Sweeney, a.k.a. the Fixer, who eventually uh, coerces him to work as his enforcer. So, so so Hell's
0: Kitchen in Marvel is like crime infested like it is it is a seedy underbelly kind of thing. And I, and I don't know if the real hell's kitchen is like this. I mean, like when I went to New York, we walked through hell's kitchen. It was like, Oh, it's kind of nice. Like it was just it's very like homey and neighborhoody, but it is not the seedy like crime infested underground.
1: Yes. Uh I guess I I would say um it being sort of like crime infested and um dark and gritty is kind of uh tied together with the idea of Times Square, which if you think about mm. Times Square mm-hmm. now yeah. uh in the modern age, you're like, well, that's a place with a lot of good things. But if you think of Times Square Back in the seventies or earlier, oh, that pretty, place was, was no rough. good. Yeah. and Hell's Kitchen is like almost directly adjacent to Times Square. Like it's it's maybe a block or two over. Um, and so uh, I I think it's very funny that obviously the city has changed. You know, many things have happened. Uh, in 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 New York since then, but it is uh kind of a a, a funny way to think about it that it's like well there's 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 a, a place that essentially looks like Disneyland has been dropped into the middle of a major <laughs> metropolitan area, and it's like it did not used to be that way it used to be a very different kind of Disneyland yeah, that's, and not the good true. way <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and like New York mayors <laughs> yeah with Hell's Kitchen you know things have changed it's different but for the purposes of the comic book material you know there's still got yeah. to be it needs to be a little Gotham-y in a sense where that it's is like, true there's crime there's there's a uh, uh, conflict for Daredevil to be dealing with um at any given time
0: so so Daredevil has a uh, not daredevil Matt, uh, Matt uh, is mm-hmm. has kind of a rough life early on he's a bit of a nerd um and his dad is very like you you shouldn't fight I don't want you to be like me um I don't want you to use your fists and I want you to really just study and he gets made fun of right like he he they call him names and there's a lot of bullies and they call him daredevil because he wouldn't fight back Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so he works out his frustrations at the gym and Matt goes into his dad's gym, like where he works out and, and punches stuff, I guess. So then, uh, let's talk about his Marvel mysterious powers origin.
1: Yeah. Uh, you might be wondering like, well, none of this sounds like, (laughs) you know, the, the, the superhero origins you might be expecting until one fateful day. Um, Matt's life has changed forever when there's an out of control truck that's speeding towards an um, a blind older man who's crossing the street. And Matt, you know, um, raised in a in a in a kind of moral just sense, like doesn't even hesitate, pushes the the man out of the vehicle's path. The vehicle doesn't hit him directly, but what happens is it kind of like careens off, crashes, and spills radioactive material. Um, and when that container falls and breaks open, uh, that material gets into Matt's eyes, leaving him blinded. Uh, uh, but crucially, right. his yeah. remaining senses become enhanced. So, you know, when he's in the hospital or convalescing at home, he gets so overwhelmed by all the sounds and smells of the city that are now coming in while also dealing with the fact that that he's um, that he's now blind. And yeah. um, he he eventually will start training with Stick, who's like a blind martial arts master who takes him under his wing and actually starts showing him how to use not just his um, abilities, but also training him to physically, you know, take take charge and um, become become more athletic, more yeah. um, engaged in, in in combat and things like that.
0: Yeah. He stick kind of finds him for his own purposes and, and for his mm-hmm. own reasons. But, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And then all this time, you know, Matt's dad is kind of doing his thing and, and he's like, Oh, my son, you know, he's whatever, but he's working himself really hard studying. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he doesn't know anything about the learning how learning how to become a martial artist. But then, um, Jack Murdoch, who's past his prime as a boxer, and then he, he's getting orders from the fixer to throw a fight. And he you know, his he's always told Matt, he's like, never give up. I don't want you to ever give up. You can't give in. And he doesn't want to lose in front of his son, who comes to the match, and Jack is told to take a dive, and but he doesn't, and he wins the match. Later that night, a group of the fixer's guys ambush Jack in an alley and shoot him so matt devastated by his father's death becomes angry when the legal system fails to bring the fixer to justice like he knows who it is he knows that it's these guys and you know the the cops or the judge or you know like they're all kind of corrupt and they're like yeah they're fine you know and they he gets off and and matt's like uh, that i'm super mad and um so you know it, it, that kind of came keeps going he graduates. he keeps on being a, a student and he graduates summa cum laude from harvard law school as class valid victorian but decides to go after the fixer on his own because he has all this like martial arts training so he creates a costume that hides his real identity uh at first he kind of starts just covering himself up in black and you know and 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 wearing a headband and he kind of uses the the childhood nickname meant to mock him uh daredevil as the basis for his new alter ego um so as this new vigilante his he uh hunts down the members of the fixer's gang and then pursues the mastermind himself uh what's 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 interesting is he chases the fixer himself um Roscoe Sweeney and the terrified older criminal now uh, dies of a heart attack, <laughs> and uh, and he's like, oh, okay. So he doesn't actually kill anybody, but he realizes, okay, well that that's I almost killed him. Like, and he kind of has this moment of like, oh, I shouldn't do that, but no, I am gonna, I am good at, you know, righting wrongs when I when I can't do something that the legal system can fix. Uh, there is another way that I can bring these people to justice as daredevil.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that is his origin. So let's learn a little bit more about the character. So uh, name and aliases include Matthew Michael Murdoch, Jack Batlin, the man without fear, Hornhead, the devil of hell's kitchen, the scarlet swashbuckler, and the God without fear. And if, if you're not sure why he's called the God without fear, there is a storyline after fear itself called the War of the Realms, where there's all the stuff with Asgard and everything like that. And we kind of talked about it in the Loki episode. And Daredevil basically becomes a god. like He, he is a god, and he uh, is briefly known as the God without fear. But he gives wow. it up because he's like, I don't – this is a Catholic and
1: this is a lot of – I feel guilty about this. <laughs> Yeah, I figured that would mess up a Catholic <laughs> boy pretty bad to be made a god.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, powers and abilities include superhuman agility, reflexes, stamina, senses, coordination, and balance. He has echolocation and radar sense. He is a master martial artist, hand-to-hand combatant, and stick fighter. He has expertise in criminology, criminal law, and police procedures. He utilizes the Billy Club with multi-purpose functions, and he is an expert acrobat and gymnast. Affiliations include The Avengers, The New Avengers, The Defenders, Marvel Knights, The Chaste, and The Hand. Supporting characters include Foggy Nelson, Karen Page, Ben Yurick, Sister Maggie, Spider-Man, Stick, Elektra... Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Echo, Maya Lopez, King T'Challa, Black Panther, Steve Rogers, Captain America, and Jessica Jones.
1: His love interests include uh, Black Widow, Elektra, Karen Page, Heather Glenn, Maya Lopez, and Mia Donovan, whom he uh, briefly marries during the Brian Michael Bendis run with the character. antagonists oh yes uh antagonists include um some of the some of the early villains are a little more eccentric like the owl who literally has like big (laughs) hair it's it's like a horned owl yeah it's it's a it's a it's a horned owl kind
0: of hairdo i've never um, heard of the owl and then then i look i saw this early owl i was like the owl yeah okay sure i mean it's fine he's
1: He's very funny-looking, and especially if you've only interacted with the characters, say, through the Daredevil TV show, where um, Leland Owsley shows up as a character, but is definitely not rocking any kind of weirdo haircut or has claws for hands or anything like that. Uh, Okay, so the Owl, uh, Mr. Fear, Stiltman, Mr. Hyde, Man Bull, the Ox, Kilgrave, the Purple Man, Stuntmaster, Ramrod, and Paladin. Okay, so... Most of those
0: villains sound ridiculous. I mean, like, Stiltman, uh, looking through Marvel Unlimited, he he came up several times. Like, the Owl, uh, Mm -hmm. Mr. Hyde, Stiltman were, like, repeated villains in the early Daredevil thing. Like, to the point where I was like, why haven't we heard more about these villains? And then you have Kilgrave, who shows up in, like, issue four or five, who is terrifying. (laughs) Like, Like, I just... I mean, far more intense he yeah. is intense i mean like uh, i he's what a terrifying character from the jessica jones series but but i mean wow like uh, just crazy scary and um <laughs> and then you have Stuntmaster, you <laughs> know just like all these other and man bull <laughs> like right like yeah oh, man the early daredevil villain years were just all over the place and and i think they you know it's interesting because they kind of realized like Maybe that's not the best fit for a Mm -hmm. crime-level hero. But yeah, we'll we'll continue, continue. Uh,
1: He does end up interacting with other NYC-based villains. So, for example, he ends up having some amount of overlap with um, Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. So he'll fight Electro, he'll fight Craven, he'll fight Scorpion, you know, characters like that. Um, But ever since the Frank Miller run, the sort of main uh, arch nemesis that Daredevil, uh, Daredevil tends to fight is the Kingpin. Kingpin of crime, Kingpin of Hell's Kitchen, Kingpin mm-hmm. of New York, what Wilson have Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk. Um, and he also has prominent encounters with Bullseye, uh, Typhoid Mary, and then occasionally, uh, you know, they alternate between allies and antagonists, uh, characters like the Punisher or Electra. Um Will, will oftentimes be on the side of helping Matt Murdock or Daredevil and sometimes not be on the same side.
0: Yeah. Elektra has, is a love interest and an ally as well as an occasional uh, <laughs> straight-up enemy. <laughs> he's,
1: he's got a complicated life,
0: Chris. But I think what uh, the, the big thing there is that, you know, a lot of people relate Kingpin as Daredevil's main antagonist, but originally Kingpin was a Spider-Man villain and it was... The Frank Miller run that turned Kingpin into his his main antagonist it was like it was like hey I think we have some potential here. like Spider-Man is better with like you know your more eccentric characters like the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus and like these classic kind of characters and then Daredevil needs somebody that we can go up against like crime like he he's going to be a crime character and Kingpin is the Kingpin of crime so it it makes sense and man that was such a i mean that's probably like the moment where it's like yes okay that makes sense um that that was such a good decision um so thank you for that uh so there's a lot of creators who wrote the man without fear um but let's go back to the beginning and go into the archives
2: Hello, true believers. Apologies for my absence, but life has gotten a little hectic lately, so I am sad that I am not able to join in for this particular episode with Daredevil, but I have no doubt that Chris and Carlos are fascinating you with their boardroom banter all about our beloved lethal litigator, Mr. Murdoch. As previously mentioned, Daredevil, aka Matthew Murdoch, was created by Stan the Man Lee and Bill Everett. We've covered both of these legends in previous issues, so be sure to listen to our Spider-Man episode on Stan Lee and our Namor episode for Bill Everett. But here's a little bit of info about both creators around the time that Daredevil was created. Prior to the creation of Daredevil as we know today, there was a completely different Daredevil created by Jack Bender in September of 1940, who debuted in Lev Gleason Publications in an eight-page backup feature for Silver Streak Comics number 8. This Daredevil's alter ego was Bart Hill, which was changed to Bill Hart in the next issue by then-editor Jack Cole. He was a boomerang marksman vigilante who donned a pale yellow-slash-dark-blue suit that was cut completely vertically up the middle of this individual, so one side dark blue, one side pale yellow, which was quickly changed to dark red and blue. Why is this important? Well, according to Steve Ditko, Stanley had approached him about launching a new Daredevil series with the original character or potentially optioning for a totally new character with the same name. Ditko was unavailable, so Lee had Jack Kirby throw together some initial designs and the decision was made that this Daredevil would be a whole new character entirely with no ties to the 1940s vigilante with the same name. It was at this time that Bill Everett joined the project and altered Kirby's original designs. There's some ambiguity about which artist designed what aspects of the character, but apparently, Double D's Billy Club was all Jack Kirby. Daredevil's original costume design was black, yellow, and red, closely resembling acrobatic tights. The final design, however, just had Daredevil in the simple red and yellow look. Interestingly, Everett had turned in pencil so late for that first issue that Brodsky and Ditko had to furiously ink backgrounds and secondary figures while the cover and splash page were cobbled together from Kirby's original concept drawing. It may have been a rushed job with some serious ambiguity over which artist designed what, but Daredevil 1 hit the shelves in April of 1964. As it pertains to the archives of Daredevil, I rest my case. Back to you, Chris and Carlos.
0: Thanks, Lance. That was amazing. I love hearing about the first version of Daredevil, which is a different Daredevil, but still pretty fun. I'm glad he doesn't use a boomerang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd be a very different character. <laughs> I'm, like,
0: I'm Daredevil. <laughs> I'm the man with the boomerang.
1: <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine?
0: All right, well, let's talk about the pull list. Uh, there are so many good options for reading Daredevil. I, I, like I said earlier, I didn't get a chance to read as many as I'd like, but um, we have a couple that we're going to touch on. So, um, Carlos is our guest. Why don't you go first? What What is a a central run or an interesting run that you read uh that you've read in the past or you read recently that that you're that you're willing to recommend
1: um well this is a run that i've read in the past um and uh i have also read recently because i read this back when i was in high school early college And then I uh, reread it again just just for the show so I can talk about it. This is um, a seminal Daredevil run. It happens in the early 1000s, starts in 2001 and ends around 2006. And the main creators for this run are Brian Michael Bentis and Alex Maleev. Um, it's the Daredevil series that's initially launched by Kevin Smith in, mm-hmm. in, under the Marvel Knights imprint. And then as it continues, they that team of Brian Bendis and uh, Alex Malieve take over somewhere around issue 26 or so. And it starts out with a storyline called Out. And what's, what's great about this is the sort of tone and tenor of the full run is like exemplified in the first story arc. But it really does feel like as much as it's a large run that seems overwhelming at first, it really is like a complete story that interacts with itself throughout the thing. And that initial storyline is about the kingpin gets betrayed by some underlings. And the underlings discover that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. So they start going not just after Daredevil, but after Matt Murdock as well. And the situation as it plays out eventually snowballs into large consequences for Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And the, the run as a whole just focus a lot on the, the, the conflict and dichotomy that uh, uh, Matt and Daredevil have as they sort of have to reckon with the idea of, you know, um, uh, the, the criminal element that's, that's hitting Hell's Kitchen and sort of getting Hell's Kitchen to a better place is going to take more intense methods than may have previously been used or more of a commitment from Matt or Daredevil than is previously being exhibited. And sort of how things play out and how it interacts with reporters like ben Yurick at the daily bugle how it interacts with like the fbi is eventually on the case um other characters will show up there that bendis is also writing so for example jessica jones luke cage yeah. iron fit will all kind of like come up the character of the white tiger which is mm-hmm. a bit of an obscure obscure character but you know some some diehards might might definitely know who the white tiger is plays like a pivotal role in one storyline and then how things develop later it's a character driven run the dialogue i i just love like the kind of like dialogue writing that Bendis has throughout this run um, that I found very interesting, and then throughout, um, because I haven't uh, mentioned, and I very much should, Alex Maleev's art—it it gives it a feeling as if you're reading, you know, the screenplays for a um, uh, a Daredevil TV show that they were developing in the early thousands by HBO, sure. and that never actually came out, right? And the the art just perfectly matches that grittiness, that darkness, the use of lighting, the use of color that happens in it, and just generally the feeling that. That because he'll use a lot of like photo reference for his stuff like the feeling that you're looking at actual people which for ground level heroes i think can be like important for certain yeah. kinds of storytelling yeah, yeah. and really comes through here um in in that run as you can tell i've talked about it at length i love <laughs> this run i
0: absolutely love yeah, it that's, that's awesome yeah. uh i mean it, it, and, and you can i mean if you've ever read any of bendis's other stuff i mean whether it's something like powers you know which was very like taking the superhero genre but like it was a crime story and a murder mystery or even Mm -hmm. like something really big like like when when you know he's done all these like crossovers and stuff and i think it's really cool to see you know bendis obviously loves the character because you know he, he it's a it's a street level character with a lot of personal aspects and relationships and everything so i haven't i read a little bit of it when i was reading echo and and i definitely want to continue with it and like keep mm-hmm. going with with uh those the, the storylines and the, the art look artwork looks amazing um so yeah that's awesome uh good recommendation um the, the one i'm going to recommend first is daredevil yellow which is a miniseries in the style of spider-man blue which we talked about on our spider-man episode way long ago um it is by the creative team of jeff loeb and tim sale um in 2001 and you know as a lot of these other books that they have done um some of my favorite you know batman books long halloween and and uh uh you know the spider-man blue um they create a look at the early years of Daredevil, delving into his relationship with his father, uh, with Karen and Foggy, and beautifully retelling the early adventures of the yellow, black, and red suit. Um, it's just, I mean, it's very heartfelt. It's it's kind of similar in context of what Miller does in Man Without Fear, um, which we'll talk about in a bit, but but in a way that's like, almost like sentimental and, and not, it's not so like gritty and raw, but it's more of like how he feels in those moments and like really taps into the senses and, you know, and, and his relationship with his dad and daredevil yellow is a great book and a great series. It's kind of short enough to where you can get into it, get a good sense of what Daredevil's about in his early years without having to commit to like a really long storyline um, and just kind of get a sense of the character. So that that's, one thing that I liked as somebody who hasn't read a lot of Daredevil, I was like, well, I know I like these creators. I'm going to I'm going to read this like I think it's like six issues mm-hmm. of of uh, of this story. I and mean, it was and it's really beautiful. It's it's very, very well done. So Daredevil Yellow. Um, what else you got?
1: Yeah. Daredevil Man Without Fear. That's a, a mini series from 1993 written by Frank Miller, art by John Romita Jr., Mm-hmm. And it it focuses on a sort of retelling of Matt's origin. Um, the, the The telling of the origin that we did during this episode is based off a lot of material from here because technically, some of the details, can change when other writers kind of, yeah, yeah, they interact with it. So, you know, uh, as, as listeners of this show probably know by now, uh, you uh, 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 superhero origin stories can get very squishy once they run on long enough, just because yeah. so many different people kind of like take a stab at it. And there's uh, there might not necessarily be like a true uh, origin. There might just be one that's most accurate right now, but someone else may come along and kind of give their own spin on it. So, yeah. dare, uh, so uh, Daredevil, Man Without Fear, you know, Frank Miller's kind of given his own spin based on a lot of the stuff that he's already sort of done on his run uh, in the '80s for Daredevil material. And it should
0: be mentioned that th- this that Frank Miller in this run is the one that comes up with not only Stick as his sort of mentor, because in the original you know 60s he he kind of like oh he gets blinded and then he just sort of trains himself and becomes Daredevil but like you know he Frank Miller comes in and says okay there's this mysterious also blind martial artist that starts training um Daredevil and you find out that stick works for the Chaste which is a sort of shadow organization and he's also training another character who is introduced Elektra and Frank Miller introduces Elektra in daredevil 168 so that's interesting and stick is also tr- secretly training her but then he's failed with her because she kind of starts going in the t- in the into the darkness as he says mm-hmm. um in darker tendencies so and then he he thinks he loses matt murdoch because matt kind of does his own thing and he, he's like oh he's f- failed but then somebody that you know in the shadows is kind of telling stick like no no he we need we need him to you need to stick with him. He's he's our only hope, so to speak. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's a really good I mean, oh it's so good. It's just the story is really good. Like it delves into the whole relationship with Electra and and this the stuff with Stick, how it's kind of like going through each little sequence I mean, of him learning how to how to basically like enhance his powers. Like because even though he has the powers quote unquote. It's not just like a light switch is turned on when he hits gets hit by radioactive, you know, ooze. It's it's it takes some training, you know, to to figure out how to tap into stuff. And like he should, you know stick is showing him how to like shoot arrows and and block with the sticks and everything like that. And he kind of continues to fail until he gets better and better and better. And it, it's just really cool to see that. And then eventually you bring in uh, Kingpin into the storyline and, and kind of shows how he's taken over and kind of introduces that. So, I mean, I think that is probably if you're going to read one Daredevil story, read Man Without Fear. I mean, wouldn't you say like I think that's
1: I, I think it's a very easy kind of pickup for someone that's interested in you know what what is daredevil if you've mm-hmm. seen the movie if you watched the tv show but you've never read a comic about him it uh, it is kind of like neatly in five issues this is kind of what his origin story is yeah and it covers as you said like a lot of bases that are important for future stories for previous yeah. stories kingpin electra stick his relationship with his father like things like that. I mean, it has been argued that
0: Born Again, which is another story that, that Frank Miller wrote, mm-hmm. is a better is is the quintessential Daredevil story, but but I think it you have to know a little bit about other characters before you get into Born Again, because Born yes. Again is sort of like uh Daredevil's kind of re- rebuilding him. It's basically kind of like the beginning of season three of the TV show. <laughs> <Right>. Um <laughs> so it's not a great starting point. But it is, I think, a more compelling story. Um, yes. So, Born Again, yes, is great. It's great. But you know, I think Man Without Fear is kind of like if you're if you haven't read a lot, or if you're just going to pick one, like that's the one to go with. Agreed. In addition to these kind of quintessential runs, and you know, obviously Frank Miller, we were going to talk about, but um, I wanted to try to check out at least one of the more recent stuff because there have mm-hmm. been really great, you know, the the Mark Wade and and um uh, Brewbaker and you know like I mean there's been so many good writers and artists on this but I I I checked out the Chip Zadarski and Marco Cicchetto storyline in 2019 and specifically the um starting with the storyline called No Fear Matt Murdock Daredevil has come back to New York he's recovering from an injury and the storyline is really interesting because he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get back in the suit and I'm going to, I'm going to do what I got to do. And I I think I want to be daredevil again. And and he's kind of like trying to get back in. First of all, the art is gorgeous. I love Chachado on, on, on daredevil. It's, it's probably my favorite uh, uh, of of art style. Um, It's so dynamic and he really taps into the acrobatic kind of uh, poses and, and just the, it's awesome there's a lot of great sub characters in here there's a really cool like you know transferred from chicago police uh detective whose name i can't remember but uh but he's he's like a great like i'm gonna what's what's the matter with you new york cops like you're all just letting him do he's a vigilante he's killing for a lion he's like i'm gonna take this guy down and then it and then it shows kingpin who's the mayor and he's kind of like secretly funding the owl remember we mentioned the owl Uh, Like the owl is kind of like trying to frame daredevil for murder and daredevil is first time out. He's like, Oh, it's three robbers. I I can take care of this. And he, he's like hitting them in precise things, but he's a little off and he kind of almost gets beat up by these three robbers. And he, and he's trying to like fight them off and he hits one and who ends up going to the hospital and dying (laughs) because he's not on his game. And so he, so they're like, you killed one of these guys, like, and, and Daredevil's like, uh oh, <laughs> so it ends up being this really interesting like crisis of faith and crisis of conscience, and and uh, I I, th- I thought it was awesome, like uh, just the the story was great and the characters were great, and so um, I definitely recommend that one. It's 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 really well done, re- very well written very compelling it's very tense because you're like oh is he gonna like what's gonna happen and eventually like i won't spoil it but like um there's some there's some great twists that happen later with like you know maybe he doesn't get to become daredevil or he doesn't get to stay daredevil and somebody else takes up the mantle of daredevil um i guess it's not a spoiler because it's been out for a couple years but (laughs) (laughs) electra becomes daredevil so we'll just say that but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really good. So Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. Any other storylines that you want to
1: recommend before we I move mean, on? I mean, we could be here all day, you know, yeah. just throwing out recommendations. As you One mentioned, <laughs> Ed, Ed Brubaker <laughs> picks up right after the Brian Michael Bendis run ends. And I very much recommend, like, read the Bendis run before starting yeah. the Brubaker yeah, run. Yeah. But, you know, it starts off with an amazing storyline right off the bat. Um, the Devil in Cell Block D, or mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, and, and then the other storylines that sort of play out during his run are also supposed to be really fantastic. But the fact that it sort of continues the Bendis material, and if you, you would notice the new art style, and you might notice a little bit of the new character, uh, the new writer's voice. But if you just saw it as like, You know, the next season of Daredevil after those previous seasons of Daredevil done by Brian Michael Bendis in in, Mm -hmm. in TV terms, you would not be you'd be like, oh, this is this show is just as good as it was before. It sort of like continues on and gives even more time to an amazing run. With uh, a new creative team that does their own stamp, but remains consistent with the material that came before. So I I, I always love when that happens because long running runs in comics are not always like a guarantee that they're, that they're going to stay consistent the whole time. And when one does, you always like are afraid with like, well, is is the new creative team coming on? Are they going to get it? Are they going to want to do something very different, you know, or are they going to pick up right where things left off but not do it as well as it was? And you can kind of yeah. feel the typical quality.
0: <laughs> so it's good that it's good that he kept the kept the momentum of Bendis, So that, that, that uh, early 2000s run was, was clutch. Um, exactly. Ed Brubaker, if you're not familiar, wrote uh, like the, Captain America Winter Soldier stuff. He wrote uh, Avengers versus X-Men, Young Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just some
1: classic uh, classic stuff. And he's done a lot of fantastic independent work as well. You know, mm-hmm. the criminal series oh, yeah? that he did. Um, one, of, one of my favorite things that he's ever done, uh, I, won't, I won't stay off topic for too long, but he did a series called Sleeper, and this was with Wildstorm. Um, oh, okay. And sort of playing in the Wildstorm universe, but it's essentially about someone being a double agent inside of like the criminal organization in the Wildstorm oh, nice. universe, essentially That's being cool. like a sleeper agent sort of thing. And I, it's it's just like a an, an amazing run of comics. Uh, you know, um, very underread. I feel like not not that many people know about it. But if you like any of Brew Baker's other stuff, it's very worth checking out because it's just yeah. fantastic comic book storytelling awesome um
0: well let's talk about grail finds do you own any uh, daredevil issues like kind of that you're like oh this is so cool like that i have this uh i'm very happy
1: that i have the sort of um the original run of the mark wade material oh nice when when mark wade picked up you know with the uh with the series in 2011 uh i have the first maybe like 18 issues so it's not everything it it, it goes on yeah. for a while longer well, than that that's great but I'm, I'm very happy that I sort of got those as individual issues and that I have those in my collection. As for how much they may be worth money-wise, like, it, it honestly doesn't matter. I just think it's very special sometimes that when you have the actual individual issue of something um, and can page through it sort of at your leisure and can kind of kind of like skip around in a different way than you can in a trade, um, I, I, I always love. And also having... Some of the individual covers for some of those issues are just chef's kiss, you know, uh, (laughs) amazingly very nice. Would go in a frame if it meant I couldn't read it anymore, you know. Um, uh, Yeah, the the
0: artwork on the covers is is dope. Daredevil gets some cool covers, I mean, just throughout his career. I mean, like the God, the David Mack stuff. And I mean, just like the Samney stuff. I mean, like such people love oh, yeah. trying daredevil it's amazing you can yeah. like put daredevil upside down doing a backflip with just like the thing one, one of my favorite covers i think i think oh, i can't remember which one it was but it's basically just like the chrysler building and you in black and white and you see this little red body like falling off at the side that's fantastic like, that's so
1: cool that's very good and it's just like
0: daredevil <laughs> yeah great uh the the one that i own is um i actually got like i think two years ago at comic con and i bought i found um it was in a you know cheap table like whatever and i was like oh look at this mm-hmm. and uh, it was a it was daredevil 191 which is which i didn't know but it was the last issue of frank miller's run <laughs> um Fair, at yeah. the time he would actually uh, yeah. his first run and it's uh it, it's like you know i, I it's got like You know, cover's okay. It's it's just like him going ah, you know, (laughs) but uh, but I was like oh, and then I looked it up and was like oh, that's cool. It's a it's Frank Miller. I mean, you know, so I I was just like okay, well, at least I own one kind of classic Daredevil (laughs) uh, right issue from from that era, which I thought was fun.
1: I used to listen to people's prayers here out on the street, people asking for God's help or justice or. Vengeance sometimes. And when I heard all those prayers, all those suffering people, I thought it was God's voice.
2: But I was wrong. All I ever heard was people in pain. And all he ever gave any of us was silence.
1: I was deluding myself. My delusion was thinking God had anything to do with it. I don't get to choose who I am.
0: I'm Daredevil. Here is where we talk about adaptations of Maybe Daredevil. And there have been several, but um, there are some key ones that we want to talk about. The good and the bad, Carlos. <laughs> so um, let's start with uh, briefly. Um, th- there was this first live action appearance which was the incredible Hulk TV movie uh, played by Rex Smith. (laughs) As we all, we've talked about um, the incredible Hulk uh, TV show. And then he had several movies. Oh, wow. I, I
1: I didn't know this. I didn't know that there were TV movies that kind of like featured other Marvel characters. Yeah. one of them featured
0: one of them featured um, uh, Thor. And, and then there was the, the, I think it was the TV movie of the incredible Hulk. And, but it was Banner like and he was like on trial and and Matt Murdoch was the lawyer. But then, of mm. course, you know, he gets out and then, you know, Daredevil's there and he's like, oh, I'm going to fight Incredible Hulk. And, and then they end up working together. Okay, um, but yeah, like so, of course, it's 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 interesting. So then we have a live action movie and this is 2003. Ben Affleck is Matt Murdoch daredevil Uh, Jennifer Garner as Electra Colin Farrell as bullseye and Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin Uh, the movie also starred John Favreau as Foggy Nelson which would uh, he would of course go on to later direct Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. a couple of years later and um, and star in it as Happy Hogan another sidekick character (laughs) Um, I I also didn't know uh, Ellen Pompeo stars as Karen Page in the movie Um, Nelson and Murdoch's assistant and of course classic character uh, Karen Page um, who and Ellen Pompeo would go on to play the title role in the very long running Grey's Anatomy so Grey's Anatomy (laughs) fans you know she's she's in the Daredevil movie I mean that's a reason alone to watch it
1: but But now you have to check it out you're obligated. I
0: mean you know Grey's Anatomy's been on like 20 years or something like that so Mm -hmm. Um, but okay so I remember when this Daredevil movie came out, and it was kind of like it was right after. So you had Blade, you had Spider-Man, you had X-Men, you had X2, yep. you had Spider-Man Two, um, and then Daredevil was like, "Oh, cool! It's another Marvel movie. Seems like it's going well." You know, it did like forty-one million at the box office. It, it seemed to be okay. The reviews, you know, at the time, I read through a couple of the reviews on Wikipedia of like they were like, "It's good." Uh, it's all right, you know. It's like it's passable, it's another right. movie, it's a superhero movie. Like, it was the first kind of like, eh, you know, superhero movie that that of that string of early 2000s superhero movies. Right. And I think I read in an interview or I watched in an interview, Ben Affleck was like. Yeah, Kevin Smith, you know, I asked him, I was like, should I do this? Because he wrote the comic and was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, you absolutely should, man. You know, and mm-hmm. and so that's why he did it. And I wonder if like later on he was like, damn it, Kevin Smith. Why did you talk me into doing this, <laughs> doing this <laughs> movie you. as um, so later Affleck said he would never reprise the role, saying that he inoculated himself from ever playing another superhero wearing a costume and was a source of humiliation for him and something he would never want to do again affleck would of course go on
1: li- to later play batman <laughs> mm-hmm. and had a um, great time doing it he had a great i i, I didn't mind him as batman he's, oh he's, i didn't mind him as batman. batman i just know that behind the scenes you know a lot of a lot of things going on in ben <laughs> right, affleck's life right so i i don't know how much fun he had playing batman but um, he, he was not a bad bat th- what did you think of the movie Oh, it's uh, dated, but, but I love I love this movie, uh, but I love this movie. You know, the 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 way you love, um, you know, some something like, like Flash Gordon or something. Uh, like yeah. That. And it's, and, it's, I, it's terribly I, awesome. <laughs> I don't mean to say that it's uh, uh, necessarily like plan nine from outer space bad. But what yeah. it is, is it's such a perfect time capsule of what comic book movies were trying to be in that yeah. era. That's right. True. Um, and I do think that the casting is pretty good. Actually, like even Ben Affleck doesn't bother me too much as Daredevil. And I think like Michael Clark Duncan is really good as Kingpin and Colin Farrell is a little bit in a much campier movie than everyone else. But I really think he's having a great time as Bullseye um even if it's not really the darker kind of more intense assassin bullseye you would get in the
0: comics, i didn't i didn't mind him as bullseye i thought like he he was very creative with all the stuff like the the (laughs) shots of him like grabbing pieces of glass and be like i was like okay that's cool like that's very lethal and and i and i i didn't mind i thought michael clark duncan was great as kingpin it was a version of kingpin like it was like how you have several versions of you know Batman or you have several versions of Spider-Man like mm-hmm. this is this was a version of Kingpin and it's fine it's you know the cast somebody that is imposing in the role oddly like and I'm a huge Jennifer Garner fan I, I loved Alias I I, I think she's very, super talented mm-hmm. I, you know I don't think she was bad in the role but at the same time I felt like it was a little a little miscast and then just the thing with like the two of them was like eh, i don't know just yeah felt, felt there's not weird. so much
1: there it's 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 odd to say but there's not that much chemistry between them despite yeah. the fact that in real life you know in they, real life they were was. Actually married <laughs> but uh but uh, yeah man that, it, just the whole like let's let's
0: fight and dance and this, i'm like what is what is this
1: yeah, That's there are some weird. things that are a little misconceived. I will mention my favorite fun fact uh, about the the Daredevil movie is that um, at one point, um, Bullseye murders a security guard by throwing like a pencil into his forehead. Mm-hmm. And that security guard is played by Frank Miller. So <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, funny, yeah. So, that. so Bullseye, you know, Frank Miller is kind of kills. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a character very famous for writing him uh murders him in the movie, which I think is very funny.
0: Well, there you go. Um there was a director's cut which apparently the the hardcore fans were like, "It's way better, man. You should definitely do some director's cut." Um so it includes 30 more minutes of of content and um and it makes the movie rated R. So, um I have not seen the director's cut. I hear it's good. I'm definitely going to watch it at some point, probably soon if I can find it. And, um, yeah, so that, so that was a movie. Um, the other thing that's kind of tangentially related to the movie is of course years after that, several times with the success of other things, they were like, Hey, we should do a reboot or we should bring Dak daredevil in 2008. Jason Statham expressed interest in playing daredevil to which Frank Miller commented. I think he should be daredevil too. Mm So there was, very strong consideration of doing a a reboot with jason statham as as daredevil and they couldn't find a director and then every time they almost found a director they they couldn't get him to like lock into a clear vision so eventually the ownership got switched from fox to marvel and then they were kind of like let's hold off and let's finish the whole thing and then they started the the netflix show so netflix Was doing stuff with these Marvel characters and Daredevil was the first character to kind of get the Netflix TV show Marvel co-created treatment, which kind of tied into the MCU, but not officially, but kind of, yes, canonically, they kind of mentioned things, but they sort of didn't. And it was a big question mark. But now we know it now. Now, in 2024, we know that it was. Uh, canonical and because they've said it is so let's talk about the netflix series i love this show i think it's so good uh it's i I think it was dark at the right level of dark i was surprised like how violent it got and like how bloody and dark it got and they were definitely like we're gonna we're gonna lean into the crime and the darkness and the people getting hurt and bloody and everything like that i was like man this is brutal. But I mean, I think they really leaned into just like him being a a fighter. It takes a season for him to get into the costume. But I think that's OK, because I mean, it really concentrates on like the origin and it builds up the characters of Kingpin and 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 uh or Wilson Fisk. Uh And, you know, it spends time with um, Deborah Ann Wall, who who plays Karen Page and really fleshes out her character and starts very naive and everything. And then she gets she slowly gets more intense and and Eldon Henson, who plays Foggy Nelson, does a great job being just goofy and, and sidekicky and everything like that. And even Rosario Dawson's in the first season as uh, Claire Temple, who who is kind of night nurse, you know, character. And she she pops up in like other the other Netflix series too. season two brings in John Bernthal as, as Frank Castle, the Punisher and Elodie Young as Elektra. Her Electra was great I mean mm. it was spot on and yeah. and John Bernthal was the Marvel Punisher like I am he, he was just like so like pissed off <laughs> he just had everything um, yeah it was a great Punisher character and then I even liked season three when he came, when when they brought in um, Wilson Bethel as Benjamin Poindexter aka Bullseye and, it, you know, it's kind of like a slow burn into Bullseye. But like, I mean, plus Kingpin comes back and everything. So, I mean, overall, it, it's just such a great show. And, and you know, I, I can't wait. That Of course, they're going to bring back a lot of the cast is coming back for Born Again, um, which is a Disney Plus show. So that's coming at some point in the future. But um, Charlie Cox also appeared in the Spider-Man No Way Home movie, and he's going to lend his voice to the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man animated show, formerly known as Spider-Man freshman year. And of course, he also appeared as Daredevil in the She-Hulk TV series, uh, which was delightful and kind of fun. He get to be a little funny and goofy in the yellow and red suit. And he also made an appearance on the first episode of the Echo TV show. And in an amazing fight sequence with Echo and basically just kind of there to be like, I'm going to beat up all these people and and fight Echo. And she's kind of a villain when he's fighting her because she's working for the Kingpin. And it's like her proving ground to like, can I stand up against him? And she holds her own. And uh, and so that that was a a really fun cameo, but also just like it's I I can't wait for the show. for his show uh, what do you yeah. think what do you think of the netflix show
1: well uh i've only seen the first season i'd actually mm-hmm. never watched it until the last two weeks i, oh, I nice. used it as an excuse to watch it like i'd seen a couple episodes but i never finished it right yeah. as like a full story so i watched the full first season i watched a couple of the episodes in season two with the punisher um, what I was impressed by, and I knew back when I originally watched it, but just the character work is really fantastically done. Um, both the performers really match up with who their characters are, and yeah. they're all given time to, and storylines for them to develop, you know, between um, Charlie Cox's relationship with Eldon Henson as, you know, Nelson Murdoch. Yeah. Um, their both their relationship with Deborah and Wall is Karen Page. Then also the relationship with Ben Urich, you know, the, oh, the yeah. reporter mm-hmm. um, is really fantastic. And I mean, great. Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk is just not just like a fantastic performance, but really raises the bar for antagonists, you know, mm-hmm. not just in Marvel TV shows, really just in Marvel everything in general right like he easily makes the top five of any of the villains in just like the complexity and the actual um density of character that there is to to him like he feels three-dimensional in a way that many other villains that show up for like a single movie or a single season of a tv show just don't don't really get and the performance only like you know further um um further elevates it so yeah i I was very impressed with what i saw and like you said john as punisher is i think at this point people have now started to recognize john Bernthal as like a fantastic actor if you yeah. watch the bear you know he's on there and has a very prominent kind of like guest role where he just does amazing work but back then like really he'd done you know the walking dead and maybe like a couple other things where people had seen him but you know he was just probably someone people thought of as you know either a character actor or someone who would like show up randomly you would go like hey that guy you know and, and mm-hmm. wasn't really recognized as like uh uh, a sort of higher um tier of actor but his punisher performance is just so intense and violent and you know the the character contains a lot of things that um, um many other marvel characters really don't even necessarily touch on uh uh and and he just like embodies that very very well while remaining like vulnerable and like Mm -hmm. someone you you believe is going to get taken on a journey to become an anti-hero because the way he's initially introduced is very antagonistic and very like he might he might just be murdering criminals but he's doing it in a way that's reckless and very very violent yeah and that's something that daredevil can't stand um and that's kind of what puts him into conflict at the beginning of that season um and i think it's a a a fantastic performance from bernthal i've never watched the punisher tv show itself but i'm sure the, the the performance continues being awesome there it's also very intense <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah it's it's great it's uh fantastic i definitely recommend it uh it's also i just want to touch on with the show they they definitely highlight his uh matt murdoch's catholicism and his you know crisis of faith and they touch on the church and everything and 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 we haven't really talked about that much but that is very much like daredevil is a very or matt murdoch is a very religious he's a catholic character he's very religious he, he goes to you know these these characters of um of uh the church and everything like that and and i like that they kind of you know use them they use those characters whether it's um, the nun or the, or father, I forget what his name is, but you know, different characters throughout the years. And, um, as you know, positive, you know, voices, and, you know, Matt goes to confession and, and through, as, as a kid and as he gets older and stuff. And, um, and that's, that's really important to him. And, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of guilt <laughs> as, as a Catholic, um, when as he's growing up but it's such a it's such a humanizing element and I think for a lot of people you know growing up religious uh you know, that that's a that's a very endearing kind of like thing that superheroes don't really touch on and can kind of even like isolate readers but I mean there's a lot of people that are like oh well that's you know it's it's important for him to be like that makes him more human and more you know, real in 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 some ways you know i think that's why a lot of people identify with daredevil
1: yeah Um, most people aren't going to in their day-to-day life necessarily put on a costume and go out and beat up criminals but what they are going to do is you know um have uh, conflicting opinions and uh you know moments of intense scrutiny about ideas of justice about ideas of like what's morally right and how do we define something being morally right and at what point You know, does something being so wrong that the right way to approach it might be, you know, violence, might be um, a, a step a step away from what you would consider part of your identity, right? Because yeah. not only does he identify as a lawyer and that's justice in some way, but like you said, the Catholicism also applies justice in a different way. It's the justice of, um, you know, a higher being, it's the justice of, you know, where, where do we go, um, when we die and how do we lead a good life to, you know, um, um, to, 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 uh, get there. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a series that, you know, people, people uh, sort of like take it on in different levels. And as you said, the TV show um, has some great work with like characters that it brings in to interact with that and ask those questions. But the fact that it's there for... Um, writers and creators to kind of like pick up on to work with to decide to add into the character of Matt Murdock is always like a another another fantastic way to explore more facets of the same kind of central themes that you get in like a lot of Daredevil stories or kind of like in there in the character and uh, as you said also grounds him in a way because that is very relatable, you know, in, in how we talk about it in how we think about it, if not necessarily in what we do about it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's also like there's a moment I think it's in Frank Miller's run. Mm-hmm. One of the priests he goes to uh, to either father, Cathal or one of the older guys. And uh, when he's a kid and he goes to him, I've uh, or it's when he's first kind of taking on some of these like thugs in the area. And he's like, I've I've hit people like I've I've done violence and this is wrong. And and but I've been trying to save people. I've been trying to help people. But I but by doing this violence, I feel like I'm just making it worse. And the, the, the priest is like, well, look, Jesus did some terrible things, too, because he knew it was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, the problem is you just got caught. and 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 matt is like huh you know (laughs) and then the next panel is like he you know the priest kind of comes around and and uh what's left is is like his um he's just wearing his like you know black bandana or whatever Mm -hmm. around his eyes and that's what he like leaves it there and uh that he goes he's like yeah you're right and so that kind of inspires him to like now i'm gonna go in and and uh make sure that i'm more stealthy and and don't get caught and i was like i love that like that was that's so great the priest is like well i mean i believe in what you're doing i mean this is a crappy town or hell's kitchen needs a lot of work sometimes you got to be violent and yeah violence is wrong but like sometimes it is what needs to be done and and just don't get caught and uh, i love that so um all right how about some random facts about daredevil
1: let's do it i found a
0: couple of fun things all right the yellow red and black costume only lasted six issues with artist wally wood introducing the classic red uh scarlet uh costume with issue seven with issue 92 and 107 the title of the comic was briefly changed to daredevil and the black widow because at the time they were a couple and a crime fighting duo during the Shadowland storyline in the 2010s, daredevil was possessed by a demon called the beast and took control of the criminal organization. The hand, his hero allies helped purge the demon, but Murdoch leaves New York, handing his territory and mantle of daredevil to T'Challa who had recently lost his powers in Wakanda. The book was briefly called black Panther man without fear in the volume six uh, Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. Daredevil gives himself up to the police for accidentally murdering a robber and is sent to prison while wearing a mask. Well, there's the spoiler that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, protecting his true true identity, Elektra briefly takes over Daredevil, uh, becoming the woman without fear. Matt has pretended to be his fake twin brother, Michael Murdoch, who was actually brought into existence by a, a run-in with one of the Inhumans who brought him to life and now he's an actual character? Like he's like actually real, Michael Murdoch. At first, he was kind of, it was kind of like a trope. He was like, Yeah, Daredevil's not me, it's my twin brother, Michael Murdoch. And Karen and Paige and, and and Foggy were like, Oh, okay, you know. <laughs> then he was later brought like he was made real, and it was like, Oh, that's funny. Daredevil's senses are better than Spider-Man's spider sense. Matt can actually see 150 yards in 360 degrees without even concentrating. That's crazy.
2: 360
0: right. and- uh, degrees and 150 yards. Like that's Bigger than a football field.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a pretty big distance. And then some some creators kind of like go back and forth and some give them a uh, very strong kind of like radar sense. And then Mm -hmm. other ones just go like, well, the sort of mental picture that gets painted through all the senses that aren't sight creates something that is like – uh uh an image or a a sort of mind palace version of the world around it yeah (laughs) um and sort of people will go back and forth between like those two ideas
0: other things about his senses and it's kind of like in the powers thing but this gets so specific uh he Hmm. can hear a person's heartbeat from more than 20 feet away um he can also tell whether a person is lying by listening to changes in the heartbeat although he can be fooled by a pacemaker His ability to remember tastes enable him to determine every ingredient of a food he drinks or samples. uh, As long as at least 20 milligrams of that substance is present. (laughs) (laughs) So specific. Like that would be, that would be such a good like dumb talent to have on like daredevil goes into a cooking show and he's like, "Mm, yes, you're using salt cardamom. You know, it's just like, it, Mm -hmm. it just tells all the things that they're using. Um, he cannot, however, discern pictures or video games, as he can only guess at the colors based on the amount of heat they are absorbing or reflecting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, he can control his anatomic function, such as breathing and blood flow to a certain degree, giving him the ability to go without air for extended periods of time. I oh, thought that was cool. Like he can go underwater and be like <gasps> and just basically like hold his breath for a lot longer than, than normal. OK, right. this is probably my favorite fact that I found, and I, I thought this was awesome. Daredevil is the brother of the Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtles. <laughs> Did you know about this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I definitely know about this. Yeah. yeah. OK, like, Go on.
0: so when the Daredevil comics were released, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, creators of the Turtles, were unsure what route to go down for their characters until the Frank Miller Daredevil run came out. What fans might not know is that after the Daredevil issue was released, the turtle authors decided that uh, of Frank Miller's run, the turtle authors decided the canister, which blinded Matt Murdoch rolled down the road, smashed a fishbowl containing four baby turtles who ended up crawling around in the goo. And hence the Ninja Turtles were born by the same radioactive sludge that mutated Matt Murdoch. <laughs>
1: right and it's the sort of thing where it's I like i
0: love that
1: i love yeah. that oh comics oh comics are comics, comics are crazy they're, they're the best <laughs> so good but uh it's 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 just really funny that essentially there's these are independent creators Yeah. they don't have like a license they, they to don't, do they don't care they're they're like, or whatever yeah, let's do it and and they're just messing around cuz they yeah. just thought They loved the Frank Miller, Klaus Janssen material on Daredevil is very influential to who they were. And so Mm -hmm. they thought, you know, kind of like a tongue in cheek way of saying, like, you know, you know what we're trying to do here. We know the comic book we're trying to write here. Because if you ever read the very first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's very funny and how almost parodically gritty it is. Yeah, Um, yeah. Uh, in compared to the way we're used to seek the turtles now, you know, with all the cartoons and the movies and things like that, yeah. it's just almost extremely tuned up to that '80s like uh, uh, comic book grittiness, and um, it's just very funny that out of that sort of little tongue-in-cheek joke that some college-age kids uh, were 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 making uh we have like a billion dollar franchise that now exists in the world and so many people don't even know that it has this like indirect relation to um yeah. like a marvel superhero
0: <laughs> i love it I, I think that was great so good now it's time for our weirdest segment what what each issue we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. So this issue, you know we we actually looked at a lot of questions for Daredevil. And the interesting thing is Marvel has done a lot of what if scenarios for daredevil we thought well what if daredevil became the kingpin oh it's actually been done uh what if daredevil got his sight back it's kind of happened uh what what if daredevil um you know teamed up you know, so like we looked at other things you know what if daredevil killed kingpin that's been done i mean so there was a lot of things so what we're doing today for our what if is basically we've picked a lot of street level battlers like kind of you know just fun characters, villains and heroes that Daredevil would could go up against from all publishers and and, uh, comics and whatnot. And we're just going to have a rapid fire like who would win? Uh, And we're just going to talk it out really quick. All right. So Carlos, who would win Daredevil or Nightwing?
1: You know, I have to imagine that if the fight is short enough, it's Daredevil. But if it goes on long enough, Nightwing, because they were under the tutelage of Batman... He would study. Their their uh, ability to kind of like figure out what's going on might start giving them an advantage as it went on. Yeah. Um, but I'd have to... If, if the fight's short, it's Daredevil. If the fight goes on longer, then maybe Nightwing might get an edge. But I'm going to give it to Daredevil. I, I agree. I think Nightwing
0: would be like cocky about it and he'd be like, oh this guy's uh, whatever and then he'd be like whoa <laughs> Ding, bing, bing, <laughs> Billy Club you know I think I, I have a feeling though I think Nightwing would kind of learn something from Daredevil like he would probably like pick up on stuff oh, and then yeah. at the same time Daredevil would kind of like pick up on oh this kid's got like he's he's trained other you know right uh, uh, who knows. Raphael from Ninja
1: Turtles. <laughs> I think what would happen here is uh if it were a fair fight um i think it would get very bloody and uh very intense but what would likely end up happening is uh, daredevil would do his best to have raphael end up on his back so he can't get back up is is just what i would think would happen
0: (laughs) just going with the old turtle like i can't get up that's right (laughs) how dare you i'm gonna give it to raphael i think i think he's okay he's tough enough and he's got the use of the size. And I mean, he is a teenager. Well, I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm kind of doubting myself. I think I'll give
1: it to Daredevil. Maybe Daredevil would hesitate hurting him. But Raphael would have no kind of hesitation because he's kind of he's he's definitely the yeah. most intense of the four turtles. And I yeah. feel like he would go a he little further that. than Daredevils were willing to go. Yeah, that's true. Um, Billy Butcher from The Boys. Uh, well i guess i would say within the boys universe i think billy butcher would very handily sort of (laughs) take this one in in ways that would be graphic and r-rated i'm sure i'd be like oh you thought this would
0: be a fair fight mate Uh, right (laughs) boom 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 you just blow him up and (laughs)
1: something like that so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to billy butcher here uh how about midnighter from the authority Ooh hmm so they're kind of like the uh batman analog uh, kind of yeah, uh, over yeah. in the wow like Storm a gritty universe, batman right. right exactly and i think i think this one would end up going to midnighter uh, again because if i recollect uh, correctly, back. that that character does not hold back they're kind of like okay what if you had a less ethical batman <laughs> and it's like yeah. yeah that's that sounds pretty bad so uh, i'm gonna give it to them but it wouldn't it wouldn't be pretty I agree.
0: Um, Okay. Daredevil versus Catwoman. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I think I know out of reading many Daredevil issues and what tends to happen with plenty of ladies that Daredevil fights and then romances. I'm pretty sure I can see where this one goes, yep, which yep. is, uh, you know, Daredevil, quote unquote, wins. But really Catwoman wins when she seduces Daredevil. <laughs> you know, they 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 might uh, hook up and then she leaves with all of Matt Murdoch's stuff from his safe and uh, other legal papers and things like she, that.
0: she's so. probably on trial. Selena Kyle's on trial. Ooh. she finds out who the lawyer is she goes after right. him daredevil's there he he suits up they fight and then you know she 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 gets unmasked and she's like oh selena kyle you know Daredevil. he's like yeah yeah whatever and then and then yeah i think you're right there's this whole like thing about like oh wait what are you doing and then they she makes out with him and, and then and then as when he's whatever she just like takes all the stuff all of the evidence and everything yep. and she's like oh Matt Murdock's like oh i did it again i i fell for it um well yeah that's yeah that's that's definitely a weakness of his um how about green arrow
1: green arrow you know he's got the range He's got the range, and uh, again, he sort of can fight dirty, you know, um, in this situation. So, you know, I, I think I I might slightly give Green Arrow the edge, just because um, the bow and arrow situation would be uh pretty treacherous i know uh sort of daredevil has gone up against a bunch of ninjas and yeah. has ninja training of his own right. uh so it would it would be hard fought but something something about green arrow particularly in the comics uh things things would get tricky in a way where um there there might be uh uh like a moment where daredevil thinks he has the upper hand and then he's got like an arrow tip to his throat and he's like oh, now I now I got you you know
0: I, I I'm gonna give it to Daredevil I I think if if green arrow unless green arrow changes I think well here's what I think would make the interesting fight is initially mm. green arrow is like using all of his arrows and Daredevil is just like stopping it stopping it stopping it. like he hears them coming he can sense them coming uh unless green arrow has like a silent arrow which is not I, I don't see how that's a thing um, but then eventually you know, Green Arrow's like, all right, I gotta change up my tactics a little bit, and then he just goes in for like melee combat and is not doing well. <laughs> and, uh, so I think Daredevil would would probably get him unless Green Arrow has some sort of like time release or something like that, um, mm-hmm. explosive mm-hmm. or something like a sonic disruption arrow that that th- throws off. You know, I mean, it's it's gonna be more gadgety, like I think is the way that Green Arrow would actually win, but. Right. Th- Straight up from like, hey, I'm shooting arrows at you. Daredevil's going to be like, catch, 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 <laughs> dodge, dodge. So I'll give it to Daredevil. Lady Shiva is a deadly DC assassin. I guess you could kind of say she's kind of like Electra, like like an Electra ish okay. character uh, from DC. Like how how does uh, Daredevil hold up against?
1: Well, if it's an Electra ish character, but it is an Electra, I feel like Electra oftentimes gets the upper hand on... Done- daredevil more through the fact that they have such a tumultuous relationship and long history with each yeah, other this is a
0: villain like lady right she was a bad bad
1: right woman. so i i would think the edge would go to daredevil ever so slightly could you right. uh could you d- quickly tell me uh who is lady shiva antagonized in the dc universe like who's she a villain for oh
0: batman mm. um other characters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Batman and the extended Bat family. Yeah. Yes, the Bat good.
0: family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, how about Deadshot? Ooh, so this kind of comes up a bit in one of the storylines in the bendis run, which is, you know, if you have like a sniper or someone trying to take down a target from very far away, this does put Matt Murdoch at a pretty large disadvantage. So mm. I feel like Deadshot would actually take it here because if they confronted up front. Maybe um, the he he would not be able to take down uh, Daredevil, but I feel like he would play it very safe and be you know a quarter mile or further away and just try and take a shot at him and try and disable him that way. Even if he yeah. came in for uh, for the kill up close, that would put uh, Daredevil at a severe disadvantage. So I'm going to give it to Deadshot. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that would be a really fun fight because like I can see Deadshot setting up a lot of precision you know targets and like or even like like remote controlled rifles or something like that and like trying to shoot time release and everything like that and just playing hell with with you know daredevil senses and everything so i I think i agree that would be a challenging challenging fight for him um all right uh two more how about red hood
1: Oh, okay. So this is, um, Jason Todd. Batman comics. Jason Todd, when when he comes back from the dead, and he's kind of uh, he he does kind of ro- like a Robin spray. with
0: less morals, <laughs> right?
1: Exactly. Um, and he's pretty intense. I think, uh, unlike the Nightwing situation, I I feel like his instability. And the easiness to kind of become enraged would get used against the red hood pretty handily mm. by daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to daredevil here. Yeah. Fair. Um, all right. And then uh
0: black canary. Black canary. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you have a sonic attack.
1: Yes. That's kind and, of what I was. And she over. is a
0: uh, femme fatale kind of, you know, dangerous <laughs> fishnet wearing beautiful woman. Um, I mean, that that's a that's a tough combination to beat uh, for for Daredevil. I mean, unless he really preps, I, I don't see him winning uh, against Black Canary.
1: Yeah, and along with uh, with fishnet stockings, you know, that's like three weaknesses in one for uh, Matt Murdock and Daredevil. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think we uh, we cannot give it to him. Let's give it to Black Canary. And
0: and even if he does, and he's like. Cool. Let's let. Hey, hold on, babe. Let's uh, let's let's work this out. Then you know, Green Arrow is gonna come back, and be like, "What you do t- You talking oh, about yeah, you know, yeah. Black Egg? And, <laughs> and then, and yeah, and then he's and got then two problems over. to then, deal with. Instead, and of you've one. got Oliver Queen and his rage and everything. <laughs> Carlos, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you again uh, on the on the show. Um, thank you so much. Anything you want to plug or talk about? or right? Like
1: yeah. That? Um, this hasn't released yet. It'll probably release uh, sometime soon. But I uh, co-host a podcast with my friend Jessica Talson-Burtness. Uh, it is called Love at First Bite, nice. and it will be covering vampire romance novels. Uh, <laughs> that that podcast is definitely not PG rated. Sure. It is a very R rated podcast. Okay. So, um, you know, yo- younger listeners... Don't or people that need parental approval, please <laughs> skip it. But um, any adults who are interested in the C D world All of Vampire Grey's Romance and anime fans, uh, or, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Grey's Anatomy and Twilight fan, maybe just uh, you know consider it. Yes. Looking for it where you shop for podcasts um, sometime in the near future.
0: Excellent. And Carlos and I are both on another podcast, a D and D TTRPG actual play called Knights of the Roll Table. That's so right. If You want to hear us play some funny characters and uh riff off each other and whatnot definitely check out knights of the Roll table uh on all of your favorite podcast platforms and that's been going on for a couple years now so um, oh yeah
1: it, what are we season six season right six right now yeah. yeah yeah
0: but um i love your characters on on nights it's uh, oh thank you chris likewise it's, <laughs> it's time to close the book on daredevil so until next time this is chris and this is carlos reminding you to keep your friends close
1: But your comic book's closer.